dropping the hammer. No, you're not. All right, and welcome to the latest episode of Dropping the Hammer with Daniel McFadden. I'm Daniel McFadden, and this is the part where I usually introduce my friend James Crow, but he is not here tonight. He has some other obligations, but with me is my friend and one of my favorite people in uh, the NASCAR media corps, uh, <laughs> from The Athletic, uh, formerly of SB Nation and other things that I can't remember right off the top of my head. Uh, it feels like a lifetime ago. Jordan Bianchi. How are you, man? It's good to have you. Good to be with you. Uh, you are one of my favorite people as well. I miss seeing you on the uh, beat. Um, and you mentioned SB Nation, and man, that feels like so long ago. <laughs> well, that, well, that's when we met. Is when you were yeah. you were at SB Nation at Indianapolis back in 2014. You were at SB Nation. Um, yeah, I did. I was there for uh, seven years, six years, seven years, whatever it was. And wow. yeah, that, but it feels like that was. A, it feels so long ago because so much has happened since. So yeah, things good with you. Oh yeah, I'm I'm doing great. We I we we're not even going to talk about Dover. Uh, to, <laughs> There's nothing to talk. Hendrick was great. They whooped everybody. One, yeah, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. It, it it happened. It was a race. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so so I don't know what. There's not much to say. I mean, it's Dover. I mean, the expectations for that place are so muted. Um, it's just it is what it is. I'm just thankful they don't have two races there anymore. Oh, like yeah, at the 200 lap mark, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Thank good. <laughs> Because usually every every time we go to Den- Dover's, at some point people start tweeting, "Hey, remember when this race was 500 miles?" <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, 500 miles twice a year, but that also used to be on the the asphalt too, so that was a little different. Yeah, here, you know, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I it's a great one of the questions I've always wondered about, and I don't know the answer to this. So all I have to do is ask. I mean, it's you know, I guess it's the lesson for journalism if you have a question, ask. Yeah, I just haven't done it because I'm lazy apparently. Um. I don't know why Dover insists on being con- on on being concrete. I, I don't at, have at, the answer to that. At the time, I believe it was, it was because the tires weren't holding up great on the asphalt. I think that's it. Okay. I'm not sure. I think that's part of the reason they went went to concrete. But I think tire technology is better now than it was in 1994 oh. when they, or 95 is when they switched. Yeah, and so. I remember. I mean, I was a I, I followed NASCAR that I don't remember excessive tire wear at Dover. I mean, it's always been an issue because the, the speeds and the, 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 you know, the, the force and everything and that you put on the right front, but I don't know. I mean, it, to me, tire management is part of racing. So yeah, I don't know. It's, but I wish I'd switch back. Mystery. I wish I'd switch back. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. so as we record this, uh, we're, the, I, ha- I have on the background, uh, the eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational at, so a, at a digital coda um it's a fake race but we're so we're going to talk about real stuff um <laughs> so where do, you, where do you want to start jordan do you want to start in the cannonball that roy cooper did into the nascar pool around right around right around the time we were, we were talking to roush people uh we i hop, hop off of that and i see a tweet from a a local fox reporter in charlotte saying uh that Roy Cooper has introduced a proposal uh, that would give $30 million to the three current and former NASCAR tracks in Charlotte, $10 million each. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, a little track called North Wilkesboro. Might have heard of it. Might have heard of it. Um, yeah. 
and the rock rockingham yeah um and up up till now every single time that north wilkesboro has been brought up my 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 eyes get rolled back in their head to where i could see my brain and but this time this time my eyes kind of went wide with uh wonder and anticipation what was your initial reaction to this yeah i I think like you the north wilkesboro thing escapes me in the sense of listen it's a classic short track I, i want more short tracks I think NASCAR put on a great show there. I, I get it all. I understand the yeah. sentiment. It should have never left the schedule. Uh, there's a lot, you know, I agree with all of that. Yeah. Okay. That set, <laughs> that place needs a lot more than $10 million. I have been there. I was there in December, 2019. That's right. You, yeah. You went up there with, with Dale Jr. Dale Jr. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And as much as I would love for it to come back, I just don't, see the viability of it for a lot of reasons one i have spoken to people and i know there are people out there there are short tracks short track experts out there who will tell you that you don't need to spend more than 100 million dollars and except that's fine from the conversations (laughs) i've had with people about this you're going to need 100 million dollars plus and everything has to be renovated everything the track the the infield the walls, the fencing, the bleachers. I mean, I literally saw a photographer put his foot step as he's walking and almost fall through. I mean, you you have suites. Mm-hmm. I mean, building, office buildings. All of the infrastructure that goes around that has to be replaced, okay? Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, it is not the easiest place to get to. I've it's never on, been there. I've never even been there. So It's on a small off the road off a road a one lane each way road it's not the easiest place to get to it's kind of out there listen i have no doubt if they if they spent whatever amount of money it is to fix that place up and it was beautiful people would come and pack it i just think the parking is going to be if you thought kentucky in 2011 was bad (laughs) i think this is gonna be a lot worse and i just i don't know it just doesn't seem viable now listen i i'm going on a little bit of a rant I hope Marcus Smith can make it work. Marcus Smith, to his credit, ha- has shown a willingness to spend money mm. and think outside the box. The Charlotte Roval, Bristol Dirt, figuring out how to get Coda to happen. Like he he is willing to take risks and willing to write checks. That's awesome. So yeah. if this can happen, it's going to be because of him. I just don't see it. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, have, have you gotten a chance to like – oh, first off, breaking news. They made it through turn one fine. I missed uh, it. Oh, shoot. No, how was it? They they they, 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 as far as I know, they all, they all made it. So They're professional drivers. It's the same thing. I remember at, Dar- I remember at Daytona last year on the road course in August and the whole conversation. Oh yeah. The race, I thought no yeah. practice, no qualifying. And it's going to be a cluster bleep going to turn one. And I, and I was like, okay. And we we're all like, oh, let's watch this. They were professional drivers. They figured it out and they got through there just fine. Uh, yeah. That, that might've been the most surprising thing that happened all last year, at least on track. Was them making yeah. it through turn one at, at on the Daytona road course for the first time? Anyway, it was it was, it was interesting, that's for sure. So, so ha- have you actually gotten a chance to look at like the actual detailed proposal that was part of the announcement today for the tracks for, for, from the governor's? Uh, office? not not nuts and bolts, but yet no, I've not had a chance yet. 
so yeah so it, it's 45 million dollars Ten ten million to the Rock, ten million to North Wilkesboro, yep. ten million to Charlotte North Speedway. I don't even know what what, what would Charlotte use with its ten million. Like, yeah, that's a good question. There's always infrastructure improvements. There's always something you can upgrade and make fancier and nicer. So campgrounds. I mean, I, I, listen, <laughs> I'd have no problem spending ten grand. I would find a way. If the state's going to give me ten million dollars, yeah, write me that check and I'll figure out a way to spend it. I'll throw in a bank yeah. if I have to, and I'll collect the interest. So. I, I don't, you know, there's nothing glaring about Charlotte Motor Speedway. They, they do a great job of keeping that, you know, top notch. Mm-hmm. You know, The Rock is another place, too, where they, you know, to their credit, they tried to bring The Rock back. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a truck, couple of truck series races yeah. there. They weren't the most well-attended races. I, I feel like I've seen highlights of that race. And I, in my personal opinion, the, the crowds looked better than you'd get at a current truck race. From, from what I, I can it's remember. One of those things, it's hard to know. I mean, like, because in the grandstands at The Rock, I don't think we're the biggest. So it's like, are there a bunch of people close together? Or, you know, or is it like a bigger track where there's a bunch of people and they're spread out? So it looks smaller. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to say. It's just, if The Rock was a viable place, they'd still be racing there. I mean, it, it, you could do it. Well, there there is a race that's going to be there later this year. Um, I can't recall what, what series the it is. Car series, isn't it? I have no idea. I'd have to ask. Yeah, Master. it's like a uh, regional, local, late model. Yeah. Thing. I'd have to ask Weaver. Hey, Weaver. Um, so, but as part, like as part of this, this proposal in here, it says um, that some of this money uh, is going to go towards North Carolina has nearly forty active tracks, such as drag strips, cart tracks, oval tracks, and road courses that could benefit from refurbishment and be used for t- tourism and events. So there's also money in this that is going to smaller tracks too. So uh, invest 10 million in each of those, you know, the three big tracks, a non-state match of at least $1 for every $4 from the state is required to receive funding. Uh, County governments will partner with venues to fund needed infrastructure, including, but not limited to the following, water and wastewater extensions, pedestrian walkway enhancements, speedway repaving, Upgrades to facilities and dragways, if uh, if applicable. Bathroom fixtures and maintenance, grandstand repair, and erosion control. So, as part, you're, you're, those tracks are going to get ten million from the feds. The feds. So, but there's also going to be state level money matching at least part of this. Mm-hmm. So there is more than than just this thirty million dollar package going on here. So. I'm not good with math. I don't know what $1 for four matching is. So can can you, can you do math? Are you, are you? I'm not. I math and science were my two worst subjects. And (laughs) I look back at my time I spent in math classes and I sat there and said, I don't need any of this when I get older. Like there's, I need the basics, which I understand the basics. Um, There's also calculators, which are wonderful things. But yeah. like, so no, I, they all told me I needed like advanced calculus and I have never needed advanced calculus in my life. I'm not bitter or anything. <laughs> so, but yeah, there, there, there's, there's going to be county money going to this and sure. state money. So this, so I'm curious what they envisioned the final dollar amount will be. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, if this, the state's going to put up whatever they're going to put up and if Marcus Smith is willing to pay for, and it looks like Marcus Lamonis is willing to to do something as well. Like maybe you can cobble together something and make it work. I I, I mean, listen, I, I, I want it to happen. I yeah, would yeah, love, yeah. We, we all want it to happen. Yeah. 
my philosophy on North Wilkesboro is the same philosophy I have for Nashville, uh, the Nashville Short Track. Yeah. When there is a shovel in the ground <laughs> and there is a, a plan that has been approved and it is going yeah. forward and all the I's have been dotted and all the T's have been crossed and all of the contracts have been signed and everybody's on board with this, then I'm like, okay, great. Until that moment, I just, we've been down this road. We have yeah. been down. They tried to open well, that I mean, once before. Oh it yeah, the, they last raced there twenty ten, something like that. Was it ten? Yeah, I mean it was just. I mean they tried. It was like it's fine. But it's just it needs. It's well, not I, near where. I mean, I would argue that you we, they haven't really been down this exact road. I don't think there's been this kind of yeah. money towards no. it. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I just again, I, I hope it works. There's a lot of like I said, you, you've got a lot of people with a lot of money behind them that mm-hmm. could put this together and are very good at brokering deals. Awesome. But but the, the Marcus Lamona's part of it, so, because he's already said, you know, $1 million. He's willing to put $1 million and okay. a small Camping World store on the property somewhere. Okay. So, they, all right, you, you already got one new business in the Wilkesboro area. I I, I think it's a legitimate question. Like, if, Mark, if people are seeing Marcus Lamona is planting something there, what, what could that alone attract to the area? that could bolster this yeah i mean my question then is okay it's a small it's a small store he said that so what mm-hmm. is a small store how many yeah. employ- how many full-time employees how many part-time yeah. employees okay and then my question and marcus is a, is a much smarter businessman than i and i will never pretend <laughs> to be anything but i'm really good at spending other people's money i'm not good at making money that's why i'm a journalist yeah but is it is that worth what is he getting out of this? I want to know. Like, what is his return? What is the end game? What is the guarantee that that store is at a five? That store is going to be around for at least five years, ten years. There's all sorts of little things, that, little details I want to know and questions I want to ask. And again, it comes back to I want to talk to. I want to know what the county thinks. Is the county willing to put up money or contribute money to improving roads, improving infrastructure, making it easier for people to get there, which is not. You know, you go off the highway, you take a right off, depending on which way you go, you go down, you get off the highway, you go down a road, you take it down another road, and it's really narrow and windy. And again, if the county's willing to help figure this out, awesome, let's do this. But <laughs> I, again, I just, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, have you, have you, have you been to Rockingham? Have you been to I've Trump? not driven by it, never me, actually been in there. Yeah, 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 me too. A couple of years ago, I, I drove out there on my way to the coast. I went, went mm-hmm. out to the, the, the coast for a weekend. I was like, I'm going to go see The Rock for the first time. <laughs> it, I mean, and it, it's like I was briefly in the town itself of Rockingham, and it seemed like a decent sized community. When people say it's the, the tracks out in the middle of nowhere, I'm like, there's there's a town right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tracks there, it it's looks decent. Um, you got the drag strip right across the street from it. I mean, it, yeah. it's more ready to go closer to racing than North Wilkesboro is, but. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more turnkey than North Wilkesboro. And the other question I have about this is NASCAR has done a really good job over the last, I don't know, half decade or so of getting back to its Southern roots in the sense of yeah. moving racetracks around, you know, Darlington's back on the Southern 500 weekend. And it's got, um, and it's got, at least for this year, it's got two races. At it's least got for this two year. dates for this year. It's going to have two dates for next year. Sure. More okay. than likely. And, okay. you know, unless something completely weird happens, but more than likely, it's going to have two days. Throwback weekend. And they, they you know, Talladega, they've allowed Talladega to kind of become Talladega and rowdy again. And they, they, they've kind of promoted that. And they've kind of gone back to this 
out, you know, they've, they've been more embraced their outlaw core roots, okay, to some degree, which is awesome. And that's what they should do because they, they really alienated a section of their fan base for a long time. Mm-hmm. I do think there is something to be said, though. Like, in a per- if North Wilkesboro gets a race and Rockingham gets a race, okay. So then is there a little bit of oversaturation? I mean, this – I mean, just this market, <laughs> Charlotte, is much different than it was – before the Charlotte Panthers got here. This is not, this is a NASCAR town to some degree still, but this is a Charlotte Panthers town. This is no longer NASCAR is everywhere and rules everything. So I just wonder if there's a little bit of too much because you're going to have races, two races at Charlotte, a race, at least one race at Darlington and then Rockingham and then a couple at Martinsville. Um, Bristol's not far away. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to like pour water on this, but just well, I'm just I mean, curious we're, about that. We're gonna have we're gonna have three races in Tennessee now. Um, you, you think of all the tracks. Well, three tracks, more than three races though. Well, well, yeah. You got I mean, Bristol, Nashville, Bristol. Nashville, possibly. Oh, you're talking. Well, like, I'm like, we're, I'm talking like right now. Right we now, we yeah, have Bristol know, Dirt, night, Bristol Night Race. So we get you get those three, and I just think I've never quite understood the oversaturation part of it really because i mean you do have two tracks in virginia that you go to twice a year you have a cluster but i will tell you though can i can i like say something about the the thing though is if you look at the schedule in the spring and you, you talk to people the tracks like the, the bristol martinsville richmond those three races are like up against each other really close mm-hmm. track people don't like that <laughs> because it, they, they will say that it makes kind of fans choose to go to one because it's hard for them to go to all three and they're competing against each other for ticket yeah. sales at that time of year. And they will say to you like, Hey, is there a way we can do this where we can maybe spread this out a little bit? Mm. I get it. Then, then like you look at like the West coast and you have Sonoma and auto club in the same state. I know they're very far apart. Mm-hmm. They're very far apart. You got Phoenix and you got Las Vegas. Like in the grand scheme of things, those, those tracks are close. Like, I mean, so I, and, and then you got, now you got Texas, you got Texas Motor Speedway and Coda. So, um, and you know, it, Mr. Gossage was on the record saying, oh, that they, they'll never go there while I'm here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> look yeah, what's happening. I mean, so <laughs> uh, the imaginations of how that came together are fascinating to me. Cause it's like you said, it, it took a lot of it took a lot of people to appease and a lot of hurdles to hop through, but they made it work. It's interesting. And now we're going to have the all-star race at Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in Florida, you got two Daytona races and you got Homestead. So uh-huh. the, I, I, I get parts of the oversaturation argument, but then other parts of it just don't really make sense to me. So yeah. um, I, I understand it to me though. I mean, this area, if you've got Darlington, Rockingham, Martinsville and Charlotte, so four tracks. They're all within a, just a couple hours. I mean, it's it's a, it's much different than, uh, you know, it's much different than elsewhere. Austin and Texas are the same, but again, NASCAR is going to Austin in May, and then they're going back to Texas in a few weeks for the All Star race, and then later this year. So there's a little bit of buffer there. I mean, you probably want more, but there's no way to do it with the All Star race because that has to stand Fox and and everything, but. Maybe Coda moves up next year. I mean, there's whispers that they may happen, so there may be even a little bit more spreading out. I, I, I know there's I know one person on Twitter who's going to go to his first NASCAR race weekend this weekend at Coda. Mm-hmm. He lives in Texas and he's never been able to go to Texas Motor Speedway, but he because of Coda, he's going to get to go to his first NASCAR race. That's so, awesome. so I mean, it 
I'm sure there's going to be other examples of that. So um, it's really going to be really interesting to see what happens with NASCAR going into these new markets that it's never been before or returning to a new new market. As NASCAR puts together, you know, the schedule every year and it's going to get interesting in what they do going forward. You know, you hear about street courses and, you know, who knows, Rockingham comes back, Wilkesboro comes back. It's going to be interesting to see how you craft this a little bit. You know, which, which track keep dates, which tracks don't lose dates or, or lose dates. Um, because, you know, I, in my, my mind instantly start thinking, okay, well, Rockingham's going to, if Rockingham gets a date, and North Wilkesboro gets a date. Okay, where are those dates coming from? And mm-hmm. then you're gonna have street course racing. Okay, where are those dates gonna come from? It's gonna be interesting to see how this evolves in the practice of maybe you do a rotation of racetracks and you know you go to a market yeah. only once every three years or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. NASCAR has been very creative in how they put together this year's schedule. They were very creative last year on the flies. They had to be, and they did a great job with that. It's going to be interesting to see how you do this because maybe that's a thing. And Formula One's kind of looking at that too. If you if you know here in America for what their for their Grand Prix of okay, we're going to have one in Miami for ten years, which is another thing. I'll I'll believe it if I see it if they're actually there for ten years. <laughs> um, but okay, well then so both Coda and Indy want to maintain that, but they you know so do you have a uh, you know they alternate there? It's going to be interesting. There's a there's a lot of different ways to do this. Well, I know one one track that doesn't need two dates, Kansas. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, we go through the schedule. I could pick apart the schedule real quick and start telling you what tracks don't need two dates. Kansas, um, Kansas doesn't need two. Richmond could take a year off and just have one. Um, yeah, so that's an interesting thing about Richmond is, you know, people talk about more, want more short tracks. And it's like, well, maybe Richmond should have two dates. Well, we want more short tracks, but we want to take a date away from Richmond. I'm not, you know, I, it'll be interesting. But <clears throat> that's sort of it, though. And then there's also the Auto, Auto Club Speedway element, which is now oh, going yeah. to be a half mile short track which yeah. is have, kudos have, to nascar have you seen like any like actual like renderings of what it's supposed to look like because i saw like a blueprint i think but not I've seen a actual... blueprint i've seen a couple things of what it's i've seen the te- you know some what it's going to look like or kind of thing but nothing concrete and it's still in the process of getting all the approvals and everything but it should go through but that's going to be assuming that that track is what they think it's going to be which is a half mile great track in southern california and a real big market you're probably going to want to have two races there so where does that second date come from it it's going to be interesting to see and then maybe that's where the rest, you know if you're you're playing magic man with the schedule maybe that's where you say okay well we don't need two dates at richmond we're going to take that second date mm-hmm. and do another short track so but again so, this is just hypothetical so so my, my, my last thing on this especially with north wilkesboro with north wilkesboro north being in the middle of nowhere well, so is Darlington. Darlington's in the middle of nowhere. Martinsville's really in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing in Martinsville other than the track. So, I mean, so it's yeah. Come on, you know, you're right. I mean, Martinsville is not in nowhere. I will say it's easier to get to. It's on a, it's off a highway. I mean, it's it's a little bit more accessible um, than North Wilkesboro. But you make a good point. I mean. If you look at something, it's not like Darlington is in the middle of the you know metropolitan area. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a trek. It is a trek. So. It is, and it's not. In the road is it's again, you know, small roads. It's not the easiest to get to. You know, the nearest city is about twenty minutes away. So, the things I the things I'm knocking against Wilkesboro apply to other tracks as well. Yeah, but those tracks are already in the existence. And you don't have to spend $100 million plus to make those functional. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, if I'm going to spend the money to build a racetrack, I'm looking at this going, listen, I love North Brooks, but it's great. 
what would it cost me to build something in like Portland or Seattle or somewhere Northwest where it's in a major market where, you know, I mean, it's going to cost you more, but you might get more of a return because again, you're in a major market. I, I don't know. Do, do you see NASCAR ever like going to like road Atlanta? Road Atlanta? No. Well, I shouldn't say, I will never say no. Let me say that they own the track. Yeah. That's, that's, that's part of the reason why I'm asking. Um, there, I mean, there was talk last year that that was one of the racetracks that was kind of, that was one of their fallbacks. If Watkins Glen was going to fall off the schedule, like they're going to go to Daytona, are they going to go to Road Atlanta? So I would never say never just because I mean, we're coming off a year where everything happened. Everything. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we saw midweek racing. We saw Darlington with three races. I mean, Charlotte had uh, three races. I mean, yeah. I would just say never say never. It's one of those things in the back pocket. Um, but in terms of NASCAR going there and maybe having a spot in the schedule, I would say no, because you have Atlanta Motor Speedway there. And that's an SMI track. NASCAR is not going to, you know, there's, there's just an agreement of we're not going to move into a, you know, we're not going to move into your backyard to start a race. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, I would be shocked to see a, a, a scheduled race at Road Atlanta. Especially oh. with everything going on at, at Atlanta Motor Speedway and them trying to bring in a casino and everything. Yeah. Them having two dates. I just, I, I don't see, I, okay. I just, that's a tough market right now. It's a, that's another market where you have to be in there for a lot of reasons because of sponsors and it's, you yeah. know, and it's where you long race. I just don't know if you, I'd rather go to other road courses. I think that's probably the best way to say it too. Okay. Well, there is seven that we're going to this year. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so anyway, all right. Next topic. Uh, Brad Kozlowski, Roush Racing. <laughs> uh, so Jim Utter at Motorsport com who I, I like I'm friends with uh, posted his story yesterday and I was immediately had many questions um, so when you first saw this story that Brad Kozlowski has been offered um, an ownership stake at, at Roush Fenway Racing and would, would drive for Roush Fenway Racing what was your immediate gut feeling about that I wasn't surprised because I heard about this at least a month ago, I'd have to okay. go back and look at my notes and I tell you when I first heard of it, but I had heard, I mean, this wasn't out of left field for a lot of us. I don't think, cause we had heard okay. about it. I mean, I've talked to other people in the industry about this. I've talked to other colleagues about this. So my initial shock wasn't yesterday because okay. everything that Otter wrote, I mean, I, 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 I largely, I mean, I think, I don't think there's anything in there that caught me off guard. It was like, okay, yeah. no, okay. Checking the boxes. Okay. Yeah. And good for Jim. I mean, that's Jim. Jim did a good job. Jim's a, a darn good reporter mm -hmm. and he's good at his job. So I wasn't taken back by it. Now, when I first heard the news, you know, a month or so ago, it was like, I mean, it took me a second. I'm like, okay, interesting. But I wasn't surprised. And I, and I wrote about this on The Athletic, um, my colleague, Jeff Glock, and I had this back and forth. Like, there are a lot of little signs when you start adding them up that mm -hmm. this was like the Penske Keselowski relationship was heading towards a divorce. It just, um, from my understanding is neither side was really happy with the other. It was a functioning relationship. You can't argue that Brad almost won the championship last year. I mean, if he had a couple better pit stops probably would have beaten chase and Phoenix won the championship. And so it's a very functioning relationship but Brad wants a long-term contract. He wants security. He wants to be paid like a, an A-plus driver, which he is. He is a, you can't argue that he is a top yeah. four, three, whatever, you know, whatever. He's in the top five, you know, regardless. And he wants security. He wants to be paid. And it didn't, it wasn't happening at Penske. They had an opportunity to resign him to a, con a long-term contract last year. They resigned him to a one-year deal. 
They had an opportunity to resign him to a long extension back in 2017, going into eight. They signed him to a three-year deal. Now, three-year deals are typically the way yeah. the teams operate in NASCAR, but there are exceptions. Joey Logano signed a longer contract than three years. Now, part of that was because that shell was involved and they wanted a longer commitment. So I wasn't surprised. I mean, it just made sense. Well, I think, I guess one part that I think no one's really mentioned in the last 24 hours is like you just mentioned shell with Logano, like Brad Kozowski's big backer for pretty much the last 10 years was Miller light. And, mm -hmm. and they have quietly gone down, down to, to one, one race, race. Yep. and it's not even Miller light anymore. It's Keystone light. Yeah. It's still in the company, still in the family, but yeah, I mean, but, I mean, you're right. I mean, that that's part of the reason from the Penske perspective of, okay, um, we, we want Brad, we like Brad, Brad's a great driver, but we need to make sure we have everything buttoned up on the sponsorship side. And as you said, I mean, they've done a good job. They've got discount tire and they've got some other partners and it's not like Brad is Brad's car has sponsorship every week. It's not like he's running a, a Penske car, you know, yeah. sponsored car. So, I mean, they've done a good job of filling it out, but it's not like it was, and that that's a problem. So I don't know. I mean, it makes sense why they both would say this isn't working or maybe we need to go. And, and let me be clear on this too. My understanding is that Penske was open to having Brad come back. I mean, Roger Penske, I mean, actually I shouldn't say, Roger's kind of said this, like we want Brad back. We want, they like Brad. They, Brad's a really good driver. He can win championships for them. Mm -hmm. You don't replace a Brad Keselowski that easily. And that's the, that's the big question on this is yeah. how do you do that? So, like some, somebody tweeted at some point yesterday, like here, here's, Pinsky's championships wins and stuff pre Kozlowski and post Kozlowski. Yeah. It's a lot more. It than, is and every category. It, it is. And I wrote about this on the athletic and that credit should a large chunk of it should go to Kozlowski because yeah. when he got there, he came over from Hendrick motorsports at the end of the 09 season. And he said, well, wait a second, you know, and, and before Brad got there, Penske was up and down, up and down every yeah. year. They'd have good years and bad year. And then some, they had guys missing playoffs all the time. Kurt Busch would win a couple races one year and then go, you know, miss the playoff. And the next, it was just, there was no consistency. Ryan Newman wins the 2008 Daytona 500, misses the playoffs and finishes like 18th in points and then leave. There just was, there was no consistency. Brad got there and looked around and be like, hey, wait a second. Like, I come from Hendrick Motorsports. They have this, they're doing this, this, and this. Why are we not running an Xfinity car? you know, to get reps, to, to build guys up, to get experience, to get me some laps, you know, okay. Mm -hmm. so they start three years after Brad got there, they won a championship yeah. in 2012. His first full season was 2010, wins the 2012 cup championship. That's Rogers first. Flash forward a year, Joey Logano is out, is leaving Joe Gibbs racing. They had, you know, and Penske is trying to figure out what they're going to do with the 22 car. Almondinger had been, had failed a drug test and been fired. Yeah. Sam Horace Jr. had filled in, just, you know, it was just okay. They needed, they needed stability and they needed results. Brad said, hire that guy. He's looking at Joey Logano saying, hire that guy right now. That's the guy you put him in this car. He's going to mm -hmm. do great things. He's getting out of a situation where it just wasn't right for him. Trust me. They listened to him. Look what Joey Logano has done since. My, my point is, is in, he, he deserves a lot of credit for helping build up Penske that we know it now today, where they're world beaters. They are, mm -hmm. there's no doubt they are one of the absolute powerhouses in NASCAR almost literally every single year. I mean, it's, you can't deny that. So Brad deserves a lot of credit for that. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see if he can apply the same 
tactical, the same smarts over at Roush because yeah. it's, it's feasible. Um, it's apples to oranges a little bit, but the, 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 the closest comparison is probably Tony Stewart going to the Stewart, the, to Gene Haas's team in 2009. Yeah. Also, also when it comes to Kozlowski and winning, like he, like you said, he, he won his title in 12. So like mm-hmm. second or third, when's the last time someone entered the cup series and won a title that quickly? I think the last one, it was Tony Stewart entered 99, won 02, didn't he? Yep. That's right. Oh, two, uh, Kansas one in Oh three, he was a rookie in 2000. So, I mean, okay, right. years. Okay. yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it was quick. I mean, so Brad was in his fourth full season. So that's, that's uh, where Matt was. Well, no, he was part-time in he 09, did part-time, right? but I mean, so, fourth full season though, but yeah. They've been th- third full, right? 10, 11, 2010, 2011, 12, you're right. Yeah. So, See, okay. again, math is not my strong suit. I don't, I don't <laughs> pretend to be. But no, I mean, he won it quick. I mean, and everybody thought then, and I mean, I wrote it back then, it's like you thought Keselowski and Paul Wolf were going to be the next Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss. And they were in multiple championships. And they had, they came close yeah. many, many times. I mean, they, pro- I mean, they probably should have won the championship in it. Whew, 14, 15, they were really, really good. Um, they've had some other near misses. So it's, it's interesting to see the would have, should have, could have in Brad's career and where it goes. Yeah. Now, obviously we look at championships differently a little bit because of the playoffs and the, and the knockout format, but it's, it's like going to be an interesting career and it's there's he's what he's won everything, but the 500, like he won like, everything, but the 500, he's won every major race, but the 500. And he's he done, is, he, he's, and checked he's not one in a road course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, 12 came close. Not just 012. I mean, he had like back to back years of like second place. Yeah. He was, he means good on road courses. I'm not yeah. knocking him. Mean, he's yeah, very yeah. good on road courses. I'm just saying he's one on road course. Um, oh, he, he's, I mean, listen, he's, like I said, he's easily one of the top five talents. But there is a scenario yeah. here where he goes to Roush and wins only a few more races. Yeah. That's that, really isn't a factor in the playoffs. I mean, that, that's, that's not unrealistic. Yeah. Like, I think he'd be a valuable asset for, for Roush. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like he was for Team Penske, he could he could do that. But I think when he joined Penske, I think they were in a better position than he'd be joining Roush right now. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean Roger Penske is Roger Penske, and Roger's going to spend money, and Roger has sponsors in place, and Roush has done a good job of cultivating sponsors. They announced something, you know, Fast and All today, and the seventeen yeah. team. It's just, it's a lot. It's not easy to rebuild a team. It's really hard. And it's expensive. Now, the next-gen cars is the big X factor in this and how this plays in. And the question is, is would Brad be confident making this move if the next-gen car wasn't coming in? I don't know. I, from, my, from the conversation I've had with people, he's – that this is going to be the, – the belief is that this is going to level the playing field and that this driver is going to be more of a factor. And if you drive for a smaller team, it won't matter anymore if you're a great driver. Okay, kind of like IndyCar. You know, I mean, a great driver can elevate a team up. We've seen it many times over with a lot of different guys. Sebastian Bourdais first comes to mind. If that's the case, then it's not, you know, then that Brad can do it. Brad's got the talent. But if the next-gen car doesn't deliver as people think it's going to in terms of the competitiveness and the big teams and the small teams or the golf is still there, mm-hmm. um, you're still pushing that ball uphill. Not to mention, in the Ford pecking order, in some order, you've got you've got one A and one B. Undoubtedly, are Team Penske and Stuart Haas. Yeah, um, Ford is very loyal to Roush. Roush is incredibly loyal to to Ford. 
that relationship isn't going to go anywhere. And, and Ford is always going to be part of Rush Racing and they're going to help them out. It's really hard though to support three upper tier organizations. That doesn't happen in NASCAR. Look at it across the board. Toyota's got one, Chevy's got one, and then a couple teams below that, but it's not at that level. Ford has made it work really well with Stuart Haas and Penske, a lot better than I thought it was going to work. And a lot better. I never when it happened, it was like, well, wait, you know, the announcement happened and like, whoa, wait a second here. This is going to be interesting. And they've done a great job, but they also kind of operate separately from each other. I don't know how Roush fits into that. That's a really complicated thing. So what, 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 where do you think things went wrong for Roush? Because they are nowhere near where they were in the 2000s and the early 2010s. And they've won two, only two cup races with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. since Carl Edwards left. Yeah. So a couple of things. Yeah. So they've only, and both those races were on super speedways. Yeah. So yep. they haven't won a non-super speeder race since 2014 at Sonoma when Carl yep. Edwards won. And the interesting thing about that Carl Edwards win at Sonoma, I went back and looked last night as we were kind of putting some stuff together. The top 10 finishers of that race all have retired. Really? All top 10. Every single one. What? <laughs> wow. Go look at it. I'm telling you right now. It's a Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, Jamie McMurray. Wow. Uh, Edwards. Uh, Marcus Ambrose is in there. Um, wow. Yeah. Go, yeah <laughs> that's a stat I kid you not that is a stat wow um yeah. so so where, where do you think they just lost the ball like where, 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 where if you could point to an area well it's a really good question um because I, I remember a few years ago uh one, one of my first few years at nbc sports i did an interview with jack roush in his hall in the holler and he said, oh, we, we, we just started using this new um, program or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was, but the, uh, the other people have been using it. I was like, oh, that, that seems like yeah. news. So I wrote yeah. that up. And it's like, it just seems like they've been playing catch up for whatever reason for yeah, like 10 years. It, I mean, it, it, it happens though. I mean, it, there's a lot of reasons why it happens. Um, and there's a lot of reasons that happened to Roush. Um, I don't know if they've done a good job of replacing talent. I mean, for a long yeah. time, they they just had this system, this pipeline of like, okay, well, so-and-so is going to leave. We're going to replace him. Well, Mark Martin leaves and his replacement's David Reagan. Yeah. And not to besmirch David Reagan, but I think it's fair to say that David Reagan didn't do the same caliber of job as his teammates. No. no. Um, and he wasn't he, Mark Martin in that car. He was the Casey Mears of Roush. And so, okay. And Carl Edwards leaves and then, okay, we're going to give Trevor Bain a full-time ride. Well, now Trevor had won the 2011 Daytona 500 and he had had some moments. You're like, okay. So, but my point is, is, you know, sometimes these things don't work out. I mean, Matt Kenseth leaves and you bring in Ricky Stenhouse. Ricky had won two Xfinity championships. Like he was deserving of that ride, but it just didn't work out. So sometimes because some of the driver, the driver in the Reagan case, the drive, the curious decision of, this is who we're going to go with. And then sometimes in the Stenhouse decision of this just didn't work out for a lot of different reasons. So you, you know, you look at those decisions, the transactional moves and like, okay, wait a second. Secondly, I mean, they, they did get off the beaten path. They got behind. And when you get behind, it's really hard to catch up and it's even easier to keep falling even more behind. We've seen it happen with a lot of great organizations. Yates racing comes to mind where you just technology gets beyond you 
and you're still doing things from a bygone era when you had success, well, that's great. That worked then. It doesn't work now. And the next thing you know, you're like looking around going, what, 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 what just happened here? Yeah. So, you know, and then sponsorship became a thing. I mean, it just became, you know, where the funding decreased, you know, you lose your op- your options to go out and spend money on on technology and resource and everything else. So it's just been a thing. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. They went from a five car team that yeah. had all five drivers in the playoffs in two thousand five to a two car team that is now you know this year they've been better and there there's like I actually look at them now and I think. There's there's some pieces over there. Like this team is actually to me, I actually think they're kind of on the upswing a little bit. And I think getting Brad over there is actually going to if all things even if things don't go to the next gen, it, take the next gen out of the equation. Things stay they wear. You put Brad Keslowski over there. I, I'm like looking at this going, I, this is a this has got the makings of something, you know, to build on because yeah, Chris is a good driver, Brad's a really good driver, they've got some smart people over there. Jimmy Fenning's done a great job. So yeah. I mean, no, I mean, it showed at Homestead this year when Chris Buescher just went up and straight up passed Keselowski yeah, for the one. lead. When, 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 when was the last time we saw that happen? Like a Roush driver at a non-intermediate an track. track. Not an, that, that, they, he had a top 10 at Atlanta. Uh, he, he and Ryan Newman finished top 10 at Darlington, another intermediate. So, and that's been their weakness the last few years has been intermediate tracks. They've been really good at super speedways. They, they, they're functional at road courses. They're but intermediate tracks, which are the bread and butter of NASCAR, at mm. least were until the schedule got, you know, changed. They've struggled. <laughs> they, and this, there's like, and now Jimmy Finning's come in, he's taken over the competition side of things. And you're looking at this going, okay. Like I said, Chris is in the playoffs right now, like 13th in the standings. He's wow. you know having a really good year, solid year. Like he's doing. Like I was, I wasn't even aware that, that they had finished in the top 10 at Darlington. So yeah, like that's, both drivers wow. finished in the top 10. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's good. So there, there's, there's like fundamental, like I'm looking at like, there's a, like Brad goes over there and I said, even taking the next gen out of the equation, like you're thinking Brad goes over there, they're going to be, they've got a potential to do something like, okay, I'm I'm encouraged. And then if the next gen is what we think, or people think the next gen is going to be okay. I like this. I I get like for Roush racing. I get this. Like I would have written, I would have handed Brad a blank check and said, you just gave your prize. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it's all ups all upswing for Roush, but for yeah. Kazowski himself, that's that's like, yeah. Eh, eh. So, all right. So at some point, I guess I guess we we we're expecting that to be announced. Like, when, when do you think that would be? I think it's going to be a little while. And contract situations, these things typically tend to wait until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Carl Edwards left Roush to go to Gibbs, he announced that he wasn't going to be back. Or it was it was out that he was going to be back because he announced at the brick Roush Fenway Racing announced at the Brickyard that year their driver lineup and Edwards wasn't included and I'll never forget asking you know like we 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 just stalked Carl Edwards in the garage and then we cornered him and I never forget asking him like are you sure I mean you, you are confident 100 that you're going to have a ride next year because he was you know he wasn't going to answer the question we all knew he was going to Gibbs but we're trying to like pin him down and I said are you confident you're going to ride next year? And he looked at me and he's like, yeah, like, come on, you know, but, but that's the thing. But my point is, is that these things take time and you don't always, you know, these, it doesn't always happen that this comes out and then the announcement happens the next day. There are contract obligations. A lot of contracts contain 
you know, you, you, you have to have some kind of separation notice. You've got to have some time between the announcements, that kind of thing. You've got sponsors, you obligations, you got to fulfill, whatever. I just, I just think it's going to be a little bit of time. All right, before we get into Coda, uh, we, we, every week, Jordan, we, uh, right. we, have, we have a segment here called uh, McDowell Watch. Uh, okay. We're we, we just kind of just plotting out what the season that Michael McDowell is having uh, after winning the Daytona 500. He's automatically having the best season of his career. So we're, we're just going week to week and telling you how he's doing since he won. So he, he finished 25th at Dover, uh, five laps off the lead pace. I think he had a speeding penalty at some point at Dover. Um, so go, going into a road course uh, where he, he, he has a history with road course racing, what, what, what do you think of Michael McDowell's season so far? I mean, it's been a home run. <laughs> you win the Daytona 500. You're, you're, I mean, you're, you win the Daytona 500. Anything after that's cream cheese. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's especially for that team, that organization, because they're automatically, I mean, essentially automatically in the playoffs and then the additional revenue yeah. and sponsorship and anything like that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a home run. I mean, I don't know how it's not. It's, and then the fact that you look at his season and he followed it up with what, a top five run at Daytona road course. Um, another top, top eight, 10 eight, at home, eighth, eighth six, eight, and, then, so. and then another top, you know, another top 10 at home. It's like, wait, this is, this is good. They're doing good. I mean, it's good. There's not, they don't have the consistency and the ability to run yeah. top 10 every single week. That's just no. not who they are, but they are certainly showing the capability to punch above their weight class on a, on a given Sunday outside of the super speedways. McDowell's a good road course racer. There's no reason to think that he can't have another good top 10, top 15 finish here mm-hmm. and, and, and continue to build that. And he certainly is not going to fall outside the top 30 in the points. And I don't know how you feel about this. I am more than adamant and I will climb on top of a hill shouting this if I have to. There are not going to be more winners than playoff spots. It's just not. So there was a month where you could say maybe there was a month. There was a month. So, there was no, but we're running out. They're running out of time to do that. Um, there was not a so. month. There was like, I mean, if you want to, like, if you want to get, yes, I mean, listen, never say never. And there was like a small, minute chance it could happen because so and so could win this race, and then the sky could open up, and there could be a torrential downpour six laps from the finish, <laughs> and like the top twenty guys pit, and the guy in twenty first is going to win the race. Sure, it just wasn't conceivably going to happen. So, all right. Well, he's he's sixteenth in the points going. This week going to Coda. I haven't even looked at the starting lineup that came out. There is no starting lineup. There's qualifying. Oh my god. That's where we that that's where we're at now, George's like, hey, where's the starting lineup? Oh no, 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 we we're qualifying. So yeah, it our- comes out every Wednesday morning. And yeah, there's no there's no alert us today. It was, it's, yeah, it's, oh. it's qualifying. There's practice this week. Oh, it's boy. like old school NASCAR in a sense. So oh no, absolutely. So okay, you've been have you been to Coda? I have not. I have. Okay. I know lots of people have been there. Have you? Nope. I've never laid eyes. Laid eyes. I've heard phenomenal things. I've heard the track, the layout. It's it's awesome. It's world class. It's amazing. Um, I, I everybody I talked to is beyond giddy to be racing there. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I hope it goes well. I think it's great. I'm I, I I'm really I am very excited. I think this is an event, and I think NASCAR needs more of these kind of events. A quick iRacing update. Lap 14. Uh, Drew Davison is leading. Uh, nine second advantage over Anthony Alfredo. 
uh, 20th place Kyle Busch, one minute and eight seconds back. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, what you will not be seeing on Sunday. So, uh, <laughs> so what, what do you think about this race just in general? Like, we've never been there. Uh, it's got has elevation changes. It's a long track, mm-hmm. uh, 3.4 miles. Like, how do you think this race will compare to like, uh, I think it's probably going to be more Sonoma than a Watkins Glen. Yeah. I mean, Rodney Childer, I talked to Rodney this morning on, on Sirius and he, I asked him that question. I said, like, what do you compare this to? And he said Sonoma was kind of the one. Was it was it Rodney that said this or Matt? It was somebody said, somebody said it was Sonoma. I apologize. <laughs> uh, it's been a long day. Um, but that Sonoma is the analogy that I've heard, you know, because it's going to be tire wear and it's a little bit technical. I don't know what to expect. Um, it's I'm not good at I'm not good at the technical side of things. I try not to be, you know, try not to speak above my uh, pay grade. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's a great track. I mean, from the tire test, from the Sims, from the iRacing stuff we've seen, it, it looks encouraging. I, I don't know why this can't be a great race. And if there's tire wear, that's all the better. If the tire fall off is what they, the, what, what, and Rodney did say this about the tires, is that the fall off is what they think it's going to be. That's, that's what you want to see. So there should be plenty of passing opportunities. And I, I think it's going to be good. And I'm glad it's on the schedule. And I hope it becomes a thing every single year. Like, I, I love that there's some really tight corners on this thing. Like, yeah, because that, that's where that, those are where the passing opportunities are. Um, you got long straightaways so you can build up momentum and then, you know, just dive down into that corner as quick, as deep as you possibly can. Um, I think I'm hoping that this shows off that at least that NASCAR racing will be superior to F1 in some ways uh, at this, in this race. So I, I, I believe that Hamilton's won at, at, he's at, at Austin like five times in F1. I think I don't know the numbers, but I think that's what I heard. I just presume that Lewis Hamilton's won a lot of races but, at every track. So, uh, I mean, my, I, I don't, but I mean, it's, it's too different to me. I mean, Formula One is about strategy and it's about, you know, it's about guys really pushing in the corners. To me, NASCAR is about bumping and banging and track position. I think it's going to be better race in F1 just because I think there's going to be more passing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, but I think that about every dance. I mean, I, I love form. I love Formula One. I'm a huge Formula One fan, but you're not, I mean, you're always going to have more passing in NASCAR than Formula One. That's just the way it is. So what, what's your favorite road course that's on, that's currently on the circuit? I don't know if I have a favorite. Uh, I like different ones. I mean, I like Sonoma's great. Watkins Glen is great. Watkins Glen over the last, 10 yeah i mean 10 oh, 15 yeah. years it's become an absolute slugfest where it's like racing you know it's like a martinsville of short tracks where oh guys yeah you're just slamming into each other pissed off angry running into each other i mean it's a bend it's that to me is it's like that's that's what that's why what happened at martinsville or excuse, what happened at watkins Glen over the last i mean you go back to like 2011 or so with uh keselowski and ambrose and kyle bush in that last lap 2012 2012 yeah and you go back to that. Well, and then the year before that um, was Marcus Ambrose and like Boris said, like Boris said, and Greg Biffle got into a scuffle in the garage. And so it's those kind of moments at Watkins Glen are why fans fell in love with road course racing yeah. and why we have so many of them. So I guess I would say probably Watkins Glen, but Sonoma's fantastic too. Like Sonoma's a real technical track mm-hmm. and it's, it's tighter and you have to manage it. I, I, I like it everywhere. The Roval is a whole different ball of wax <laughs> where it's like kind of this oval road course thing. And it's just like complete. I mean, the first race there in 2018 was absolute mayhem. 
I mean, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. And the 2019 as an encore was, was pretty darn good too. Um, so well, yeah, w- 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 when Chase Elliott goes nose first into a tire barrier and yeah. comes back and wins handedly. <laughs> Uh, that Alex Bowman races his butt off, which yeah. honestly might be the most. I shouldn't. I mean, he's won a couple of races since then, but I mean, honestly, it'd probably be his most impressive drive because he had a oh, better yeah. race. It definitely was. Back, finished, I think, second in that race. To and he needed to have. He needed to finish second too, or something of that nature to to go on to the next playoff. I mean, it was just all sorts of drama that year, which was amazing. So, I mean. I don't know. I don't know how to pick them. I guess I pick Watkins Glen because it's cool, but like going up to Sonoma and wine country is phenomenal too. And so I think, I think that or the, what they have with the road courses is great. Um, I'm going to be, I'm very curious to see how Coda and road America fit into this. I think Indy's going to be good. The Indy extended yeah. this year race last year was phenomenal. Oh yeah. It was, it was incredible. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you don't go to the Indy road course after that. Like, I don't know how, how how does NASCAR see that and say, okay, we're not going to put cup on there for at least one year. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, come on. So it was a, it was a great race <laughs> and I think it's going to be a great race this year. And I don't miss the oval. I understand why people want to run the oval. Cause I'm a traditionalist. I get it, but the racing is not good. It hasn't been good for a long time. So I'm not going to miss it. Um, but Coda and road America are two very big tracks. Like they are bigger than anything out there right now. Um, how's that going to work? You know, and the mm-hmm. one thing I was worried about too is, you know, caution laps at Road America are exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, caution isn't, there, laps isn't there a shortcut? Could, isn't there a there's shortcut? There's no shortcut. There's no shortcut. There's no local yellows. <clears throat> so that's kind of what I worry about is like, I mean, if we, if Sunday is in the rain and there's cautions and stuff, it's like, you don't want to see cars just circling the track and are yellow. I mean, so I, I worry about those kind of things because it takes so long to get races restarted and, you know, so if you could tell me we could use local yellows and I wouldn't be so worried about this, I'd be happy and encouraged. I, I mean, the Xfinity Series race at, at Road America has been great just about every year. It's always exciting. Um, so I think there's I think there's room for this. I am more, to me, the question is about road courses is, is I like where they're at. I like the markets they're in. I like what they represent. It's the right number right now. Mm-hmm. I am concerned if you keep adding them though. Like you asked about Road Atlanta earlier, like, okay, I don't want to see more on the schedule. Now, if you do a street course. Oh, okay. no, I think, no, I think seven, seven, seven's the limit. I, I, when, I, when I asked about Road Atlanta, I was like, maybe just yeah, no, I know. replacing it with something. That, that's yeah, yeah. Meant, so. but I think you've got Road America in the Midwest, in the Wisconsin, Chicago area, that'll work. You've, you've got this got Austin, Sonoma, we know, Watkins, we know, Charlotte, we know. Okay, now you want to have street course racing somewhere, that's fine. But I don't want to see really anything beyond that. I think we've kind of hit our our threshold of, of road courses. Uh, the street course race excites me to no end because I think open wheel street courses are very boring, um, especially with avoidable avoidable contact penalties. Like if <laughs> if if you if you blow on the car, it will stall out. Um, yeah. But with with stock cars, you got bumpers. It might be narrow but you can use your bumper and it could be a slugfest so that you can't get with open wheel. I agree. I think lap one uh, is going to be absolute mayhem. I think there's going to be a lot of pilots. We've seen the IndyCar. I mean, they, they, they lap one, there's always contact in the, in the corner one or something. And so it just stock cars, I think are going to be the same thing. 
I'm, I'm here for it. I want to see it. I think it can be done right. I think you, it gives you the opportunity to go into entertaining markets. Like I look at the Nashville street course that's going to happen in IndyCar this year, and I'm like, damn, that looks fun. They're going cool over a bridge. They're going over a bridge, yeah. It's like Formula One in Miami wanted to go over a bridge. I was like, okay, wow, all right. Because uh, I just, I mean, to me, I get like the visions of the worst possible thing that can happen, and I've seen the movie Driven too many times. Oh my- and so like okay it's going over a bridge a good idea i mean it's like cool it's awesome but i'm like in the worst case scenario here <laughs> and you know but we'll see it's it's gonna be interesting to see driven has the worst movie editing one instance of a movie movie editing i've ever seen in my life it's when... the worst movie i've ever seen in my life oh it yeah um well th- during the, the the big race at the end or whatever there's a huge crash Cars go flipping off the track into water, like they go into uh-huh. the ocean. And an instant later, you see cars that went into the water rolling down pit road. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that. Days of Thunders. I could pick our Days of Thunder too. Like, oh, I yeah, like I Days could of too. I, but yeah. the editing of Days of Thunder is atrocious. I mean, it's there are scenes clearly where they, they want to depict that it's Rowdy Burns's car, except it's Dale Earnhardt's car. There's a scene in there where they say it's Harry Gant and it's Brett Bodine's car. I mean, there's all sorts. The, the editing I've never, is. I've never picked up on that. The stuff that bad. always gets me is like, we're at Phoenix, but also Daytona, there's, but also well, Darwin. Well, there's that too. There, there. I mean, I listen. I, I am a racing. There's two things I'm an expert in: racing move. I am a racing movie savant. You're right about that, though. They're like they're at they're at Phoenix, and it's like, well, they're not at Phoenix. They're at like Rockingham, or they're at Rockingham. They said they're at Phoenix. Or my favorite is like they're at Charlotte, and he's like, I'm dropping the hammer. It's like. You're, you're at a test session you're not circling the track in third gear you should already be in fourth gear why are you not hey, in fourth gear at a test session the, 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 this podcast is called dropping the hammer for a reason and i, yeah. I, I asked you to respect that no, no. scene <laughs> i love it let me just say i love days of thunder the scene where tom Cruise, like it's so cliche they're on pit road at the test and they're like, who's this guy? Who's this guy you're going to have tests? Oh, he's some guy from ASA. got kicked out of USAC, whatever. Oh, okay. Where is he? Tom Cruise. It's so cliche. There's smoke. It's Tom badass. No, it's no, so badass. Just, it's great. <laughs> Tom Cruise comes through the smoke. Which I don't know where the hell that came from. He's come through the smoke. He's got like a trench coat on, on his motorcycle, the sunglasses. And you're like, okay, that's cool. And, and he takes it out. He's got his helmet bag. By the way, where's his driver uniform? Is it just like he just crumpled it up and threw it in his bag? I, I don't know. I got questions. Like his shoes, his gloves. <laughs> like, I got questions. Anyway, okay. So, again, you have a test session. Why are you not in fourth gear? I've never seen a NASCAR, a stock car, not be in fourth gear. So you, that's just how you run ovals. So, that was that's crazy. It's ludicrous. Um, the whole scene at Daytona 500 at the end where he's driving around backwards because of transmission issues. Yeah, I mean, listen. There's all sorts of like things to pick apart. In this. Oh, there's so many, there's so many things. Actually, at some point, it'd be cool to do like an audio commentary of Days of Thunder with, I am, with you. Hundred percent. As long as there's one, I'm in. As long as we can drink. Oh, I will have beer. I will. I will have a beer. Okay. <laughs> oh wow, that's that is mighty bold of you there, sir. I, I, I'll do that. I'll take part. Wow. But, one beer. Oh, okay. I'll do two. Wow. <laughs> Living the wildlife. All right. So we have. I want. I want to get like you and Weaver, and, and do Days of Thunder commentary. So, okay. So because that that'd be fun for me. All right. So, but yeah, before like circling back to um, 
road, road courses, Watson's Glen is my favorite. Uh, and it, like you said, in the last decade, um, the racing there has gotten better. And, and I, for my money, it's because they c- cemented over certain corners. Turn one, it, there's now runoff. Turn, what's the final left hand turn? What number is that? Not the carousel. Yeah, I don't even, yeah, not the horse, not the boot. Yeah, but the, they, they've cemented over that. So I, I think that really added to, to the racing there, doing those runoff areas where you could you know, get off, but you could still put, it, put the gas on and come back on. Um, and I think with Coda, th- there's lots of runoff areas from what I've seen. So I really think that will hopefully add to, to the action on Sunday, um, <laughs> rain or shine. Um, That's the nice thing too. We don't have to worry about the weather this weekend. We just know there's gonna be a race. Which, which is weird. After years, after years of having these wet tires ready to go and just nothing ever happening, uh, we finally get it last year on the Roval where it's a, just a torrential downpour for the Xfinity race. It, so, but on Sunday, it started out wet, um, but it added to the race. Like you had Ty Dillon just like streaking up to the, to the front. Like, okay there. It was so, yeah, he was on. Uh, he was on the alternate tire strategy, and it was it was phenomenal. It was a great piece of driving, and the fact that he had gone out to the go kart track and practice in wet conditions to oh, understand okay. how to brake and everything only added to it. It was phenomenal to see that, and you can see why people love road course racing because it puts uh, the onus on a driver to make things happen. So yeah, and so we, we there's the possibility that it could rain Sunday. I think it's definitely gonna rain saturday so yeah the xfinity race i feel bad for the xfinity guys man because they get the brunt of this i mean last year at the roval was brutal um the i mean they had they've had some times in montreal where it was raining that was the first time they've used the wet weather tires and mid-ohio mid-ohio that's right mid-ohio that was the greatest race i've ever seen in my life really i mean i'm being hyperbolic it was very entertaining uh, and th- just to see Justin Marks do what, what he was able to do in that race was beyond impressive. So, um, but so if, the, if, the, if we're seeing these drivers like on Saturday getting their first track time on a wet track at Coda, that, that will be must watch television. I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. I'm glad they're there. I think I'm, I'm hopeful that this becomes an annual thing and I hope Coda can make this work and they want to remain viable and they want to keep NASCAR on their schedule and everybody goes forward happy and uh, we get great racing every year. All right. I think that's going to do it. Thanks for stopping by Jordan for this edition of dropping the hammer. Where can everyone find you? Uh, check out my coverage on the athletic.com. Just go to the motorsports vertical there. So the athletic.com and then on social media, Jordan underscore Bianchi on Twitter. And, uh, you can all find my musings and ramblings and all my work. And who's your pick to win Sunday? Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. Yeah. He's best road course racer in NASCAR. And if I don't know who, what they expect, I'm just going to take him. All right. I'm going to take Truex. So yeah, I was going to say he was my second pick. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's basically, it's, it's Chase, it's Truex. Um, like who's the third guy you would pick? I'd throw Logano in the mix. I'd throw Hamlin in the mix. Hamlin They're only both... has one road course win. That's so... fine. I mean, he's still competitive. I mean, he finished second Daytona last year. He was competitive this year at Daytona. It was competitive. I mean, he he runs these races well. I mean, yeah. Logano is. Well, I he should have won. One... He almost won Sonoma. Then Tony Stewart yeah. was like, "No, thank you." He did. Uh, <laughs> I think Logano's only got one road course win too, and he almost won Daytona this year. I mean, so 
Okay. Yeah. No, I yeah, mean, these so. these are guys. I don't look at just the wins. I look at guys who are frequently running in yeah. the top five and put themselves in position. And you look at Truex, you look at Elliott, Hamlin, uh, Logano. Those are the four that do it more often than not. I throw Kyle Bush in that mix too. All right. So I got Truex, Jordan Bianchi. You have Chase Elliott. We'll see how things tangle out Sunday. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks, friend.